0: there's been a lot of radio silence from my end for the past few weeks and i sincerely apologize for that but with life slowly returning to some sort of normalcy i've been picking up a lot of film work again which is amazing for me but unfortunately has been taking me away from working on my recorded interviews uh to add to this my trusty laptop has finally given up the ghost after many years of being a reliable workhorse and uh with that Unfortunately, a lot of my recorded episodes are now gone, for now, until uh, I can get them off the uh, now-dead hard drive. But fear not, I still have a decent amount of interviews on my desktop, which I hope to eventually get to, but please just bear with me, Uh, things are super busy right now. Anyway, enough about that, it's time to talk about this week's guest, Mother Tongues. If you haven't heard of this band and love nothing more than putting on some great music after a long day's work and sparking up a joint or sipping on your favorite cocktail, then look no further, you've found them. Mother Tongues has been on the Toronto music scene for the past five years and is made up of Lucas Cheng on guitar and vocals, Sharice Aragoza on bass and vocals, Conrad Karchowski on guitar, Nick Curvin on drums, and Hannah Bussier Kim on keys and vocals. If that last name sounds at all familiar to you, it should because Hannah is none other than the very talented and popular Luna Lee. It was a love of everything from 60s French pop to breakbeats, krautrock, shoegaze, and film scores that brought these five together. And it's interesting how all of these seemingly random mix of genres come out in their music. Mother Tongues have toured all across Canada and the U.S. sharing the stage with notable artists such as Dilly Dally, Fucked Up, and U.S. Girls. The band signed with Buzz Records in 2019 and released their debut EP, Everything You Ever Wanted, in 2020 in the thralls of the COVID-19 pandemic. If you haven't yet, I urge you to give the EP a listen. It's truly out of this world. And as Lucas says, the music transports you, which is a very accurate way of describing it. To get a sense of this statement, uh, check out their live performance at the River and Sky Festival on YouTube. It's, it's amazing. I caught up with Lucas and Charisse via Zoom uh, to chat about the forming of the band, what drives them, and how they've navigated putting out their debut EP during a pandemic. Here's my chat with Lucas and Sharice of Mother Tongues. For our listeners, could you please just introduce yourselves and give me the name of the band? Hey, I'm
1: Lucas. And I'm Char. And we are part of Mother Tongues.
0: Cool. Uh, So because this podcast was kind of birthed during the pandemic my first question for every guest is how has the pandemic been going for you
1: um i mean i think like with anyone else it's been challenging uh it's been strange because we finally released our record and you know with a great timing during the pandemic (laughs) yeah Uh, so that definitely changed kind of the planned release of, of that music uh like we had a bunch of touring planned and even just like the roll of like videos and like working around that was really difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's strange because it's like almost been a year now. And so you're kind of able to look back at everything that happened with like some hindsight. And it's like a lot of like kind of what the decisions we made were informed by like the pandemic. Like for example, even like the album cover, like I wasn't working at the time, so I had all this free time to like really explore and try different things with the album cover art. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with like the videos, like the first video we put out was like done by this uh, really great artist, Judy Elmore. And like she works in computer graphics and we had to go that route because we couldn't film anything. Like we had a video shoot that completely canceled. Right. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been challenging. But also, I don't know, I think, uh, you know, it is what it is. And it informed what the final kind of piece or like what the record ended up being. You know, right. so it's part of it.
0: Yeah. 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 Oh, for sure. Um, do you remember what you were doing when uh, lockdowns? Well, when the first lockdown was put into place,
2: uh, yes, I remember it was mid-March, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I played another band, uh, Luna Lee, and we were planning on heading south to Texas to for South by South by. Oh. Yeah, And we had a whole tour planned around that particular showcase, and of course, it it was one of those the first festivals to publicly announced that they weren't going to go through with it. Yeah. That's an easy one to remember because it was something that I was really looking forward to. Never, never been to South by. And, uh, it was just really badly interrupted.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's awful. I mean, like at least you weren't on the road already. I've like talked to some artists who were like, you know, from, from Toronto and they were all the way out in BC ready to play a show the next day. And then they're like, Oh, guess we just got to turn around and drive home now, so... Right,
2: yeah, that's that's brutal. So I guess timing was in our favor for, in that sense. Yeah
0: but, yeah, but still, definitely sucks, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Lucas? Do you remember what you were doing? Uh,
1: yeah, I was working at this guitar shop that I worked at in Toronto, Paul's Petit. And I was hearing from everyone that, like, all their festival gigs are getting canceled. And it was really, you know, surreal. Like, kind of like, oh... And, yeah, you kind of, like, now everyone's, like, a little more used to kind of the state we're living in but at the time there's so much uncertainty and it's like whoa is this like apocalypse (laughs) yeah yeah and actually on that note like yes house by got canceled but at the time i think like new colossus festival was happening in new york and a bunch of our friends were out there and like that was super scary for them because like yeah places were higher there but also like people were like it was kind of like the procedure wasn't really set in stone yet, but like quarantine and stuff. So people were mm-hmm. coming back
3: and yeah, it's very confusing. Yeah,
0: yeah, definitely. What have you been doing either as individuals or as a band to like keep busy slash sane during all of this craziness? Uh,
1: when we first went into lockdown, we all started doing yoga. We started doing yoga oh, cool. together.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: yeah
1: was, that was uh, a way to
2: it, yeah really maintain sanity yeah it was the members of luna lee and then lucas and a few other friends like my partner we all i don't know just wanted to continue seeing each other i started playing drums well, yeah. Yeah, and started oh yeah oh cool
1: yeah that's been like really helpful
0: yeah
1: i don't know it's like yeah i think i it- Everyone's kind of like settled into their routines now. For sure, it's like definitely like a test of like endurance more than anything. Definitely, yeah, yeah. We just talked about how like even if you have like a really productive day, it's kind of like at the end of the day, you're still in the same room, and you're just like, yeah, oh, okay. <laughs> I guess I'll do this again tomorrow. <laughs> um, but we're writing new music. Like right before this, we were listening to some like kind of new demo of ideas. Cool. And we have, like, plans to, like, kind of bubble up and go do some writing at a cottage or something. Okay. So, uh, but, again, it's like, you know, we just went into another lock-in. So
3: it's, yeah. That's the <laughs> role of the punches.
0: For sure. What would you say is your – this will be the last pandemic question, I promise. <laughs> what would you say is your biggest takeaway from from this whole pandemic – biggest lesson learned or
1: well i i think one thing is like it it gave us a lot of perspective on you know how lucky we are to like perform and like make music because um yeah for a second there, it's like oh like all the stuff that you work so hard on it's like taken away from you mm-hmm. but in the past like four years it's been so non-stop like you know you're always like working next rehearsal like next show next festival next like whatever yeah it's kind of you don't stop to really take it in like what you're doing and the second it was like halted you know like you really realize like how much of like your kind of personality or your your like self is made up of this thing you do and then we lucky we got asked to play a couple like kind of film performances and it was like those were like you know it's to like maybe a fraction of like the number of people we're used to playing to but like just getting to do that in the summer like once or twice absolutely so like euphoric and such a relief you know and
0: yeah you appreciate it more right yeah Yeah. for sure definitely definitely entirely Yeah. No, that that was a great answer. How long had you, had the band, like, kind of been apart? Like, when, do you remember, like, the first time you were all together again and you were like, oh, my God, like, we could jam right now or...
1: Well, you know what? We were really fortunate compared to, to some of our friends, I think, because, like, um, we were rehearsing and then lockdown happened and maybe there was, like, like three or four like a month where we didn't see each other but then we got asked to do like this series like death to, run by Dan Burke, and it's like a, a cover kind of a set like where bands mm-hmm. in toronto cover their favorite bands and we, we did our favorite band broadcast so we started rehearsing for that and we just decided to like bubble up as like a band and shortly after that we got asked to do like this performance for river and sky mm-hmm. um, so we started rehearsing for that and then we had like a pop Montreal thing. so it was actually up until October we were still like kind of playing the show okay. the month, which cool. is like which kept us sane, you know it's kind yeah. of like, you know nice to have some kind of normalcy like going through like those first couple months but then for when sure. things slowed down like I know
3: personally, I really hit a wall. It's like, oh my God, like, what do I do? Because
0: I still used to be here. But yeah, so we were lucky. We saw lots of each other. Cool. That's great. That's great. Well, that's, let's look at 2019. So pre-pandemic. I know 2019 was a pretty pretty exciting year. You uh, you signed with Buzz Records. That that was in 2019, right? Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, no. Uh, maybe like 2018 or something. Yeah. yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, 2019 is more things definitely started happening for us. Cool. Yeah, the the association was stronger in, in 2019, but I
0: think. What was it? What was it like finally getting some uh, some interest from labels and like going through that whole process of like chatting with the labels and you know did did you kind of get to like have a couple that were contenders and you decided to go with Buzz?
1: Uh, well, you know, it's a really unique situation where we had like no music online. Because I don't know, I guess I've been like too precious with like, the songs. And so actually, uh, the label saw us play. In- T-Rex. T-Rex to see. And the other one, like, what? I think. Yeah. 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 So we put, this buzz showcase. And that's actually why we got asked to like hop on their label, which apparently was like pretty unconventional for, like, having to like have take out. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I and mean, it did a lot for us because uh for what wedding motivated us to get our music recorded. <laughs> and, and like financially, just having the support of the label helps. And it just, yeah, I kind of was like affirming in the sense that like, you know, before we were super motivated and it was like really fun to be in a band, but to have like this acknowledgement that like, oh, hey, like other people could believe in this. And, you know, there's... Like more you could do with it really kind of changed their perspective. And I feel like the band got more serious at that point, but it right. got more committed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, as a result, like we started getting offered a lot, uh, some better shows
3: and festivals. Yeah. Yeah, it positive thing. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. Definitely. Uh, I'd like to chat about the, uh, Is it, are we calling it an EP or an album?
1: Um, <laughs> I guess like it's an EP because there's no sticks on. Yeah, what
2: the
3: time requirements is to make it an LP.
1: But it's as long as some albums.
3: Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's
1: what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> like I consider it an album. But, okay, know, cool.
0: Let's yeah. call it that. <laughs> <then>. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's, let's call it like the long EP. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that came out end of July. Uh, of 2020 it's been making a lot of waves in the industry you got you made it to uh, a bunch of uh, best of 2020 lists including strombo and exclaims i am very curious about the fact that you've been a band for five years and like you said you had nothing you had nothing released that people could listen to and then suddenly we have this beautiful beautiful work of art why why did it take five years
1: well, those songs, you know, they've been around for a long time. Yeah. Part of the reason was like just the nature of like being in a band in Toronto, like you go through so many different members. Mm-hmm. So I feel like a couple of times, like, you know, like we got pretty close to like where I felt comfortable, where we could have gone into the studio and then, you know, we'd have like a bass player who would like moved to England or right a drummer who also moved to England. So, um, uh, it's kind of like you have to, like, reintroduce, like, people to the songs. And I'm just, soup- like, the lineup we have now, like, feels like a family. It's, like, uh, it's great. Yeah. Uh,
2: and with the reintroduction of new members to the group, that can obviously take take you through a different process or, like, I feel like the evolution of, of the song changes. Definitely. Because of the, yeah. the different people that are involved.
1: Well, for example, like, on the record, like, Char is the singer. Like, Shar sings like lead vocal through all the songs mm-hmm. but up until actually even the recording of the record i was singing all the songs oh wow yeah
2: it was a very last. <laughs> and then decision.
1: we got Shar to sing one two and it was just like whoa like this is you know the sound you know it was like i would listen to this band. Like you kind of need the opportunity to like step back and like hear the songs as, like compositions and not just like get really
0: self-conscious and <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But it's like the best thing that's happened. Cool. What was that, uh, what was that like original song that you sang on, Shar?
2: Was it Let You Down?
0: Yeah. Let, let You, you down.
2: down. Yeah. The first single was the one where we were like, let's give it a shot. Here's Shar's vocals on it. Worked out really great. Let's just try Eternity. What would that sound like? Yeah. Worked out. Oh, you might as well just do all of them. Do the whole thing. it <laughs> I mean, I'm happy with it. I don't, I don't mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes. definitely. That, that's so wild. I, I've never had the opportunity to see you play live. You know, just from listening to the EP, I just assumed that you were the singer. <laughs> so that it's cool that, that that's like a new is, thing. Yeah. Well, she is now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With the pandemic happening and everything, one more pandemic question, I guess. But uh, was the, the album pushed at all?
1: A uh, little bit. I mean... Not by
2: much, I don't think. No,
1: but also, I mean... I think it was supposed to come out a bit earlier, but kind of all this stuff started happening in the States and, like, out of, kind of respect for that and, like, just kind of considering people's, like, bandwidth for, like, what they could take in, uh, we kind of put it off a bit later. I don't know. I think it was the right move to release it during the pandemic. There was talk about just, like, holding off, but that, I mean, it's still not over. So at this point, we wouldn't have put out our record yet. Right. Um, and no, I think it was like, you know, you kind of just have to keep pushing on and like we're still making the music so it's like you know in an ideal world we would be touring right now touring that record but yeah maybe there'll be like a whole other set of songs out before we get to do that but so the short answer is it got pushed a little
0: yeah yeah <laughs> for sure was it like pretty nerve-wracking putting something out during event putting your first Anything out during a pandemic. Like, I'm sure there was a lot of like humming and hawing about, you know, do we hold off? Like, do we introduce ourselves to the world when no one can get to like actually see us play? Yeah, I'm trying to remember how I felt back
2: then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I, wow, like reflecting on it more deeply right now in this moment, I remember actually feeling not 100% certain about its release just because. Yeah. With everything that was going on, like BLM related, I just felt weird taking up that space Yeah, and giving, you know, making space for, for those issues. But then I guess you kind of have to look at it, at it, like what, what was good for, what was, what we needed to do as mm-hmm. a band and just pushing it and pushing it just would have been perpetuating old cycles. And it was just something that we needed to do. And thankfully, you know, hearing other people's reception to the album, they needed to hear it too, Mm -hmm. putting out that kind of output and that kind of energy and that art into the world was a positive positive thing thing in the end. Yeah. Yeah, I think
1: at that moment too, like now I kind of remember, I was just like, it was like you're at the end of the finish line, you know, like you've got the masters and you've got the artwork and like, it's been such like a lengthy process, like getting the songs done Mm -hmm. that... If I had to like hold off another year, I think it would have like driven me insane. (laughs) It was like, it "It has to get out. Like, we have to put it out. And like, thankfully, you know, all things considered, like, people are listening to it and people have been receptive. So, super grateful for that. Cause honestly, you could have, we could have just like thrown it out and we could have just like, like, (laughs) Like, you know, no one could have just gone nowhere. So, right. (laughs) <laughs> we're talking
0: to you. Which is nice. What is the writing process like for the band in general, Lucas? Are you like the composer, and then everyone kind of fills in their parts, or is uh, it streamlined? How does it work? Yeah, yeah so exactly.
1: with this set of songs, because the songs are so old, like they were like pretty fleshed out, like um, once they got brought to the band. But definitely, like once it's in the room, like the songs have evolved every time. Like every time we bring in a new person, it changes a bit. And, like. Just the nature of the songs, like so much of it is like the performance. Mm-hmm. So, like, we've been to a few drummers. Like, our drummer now, Nick, is like such a good fit because he's like, you know, his whole self is like this genre of music. Like, he grew up playing this kind of stuff. Okay. And so, like, I remember the first rehearsal we played with him. It was like, yeah, that's our guy. And definitely, like, Hannah's on the record with Keys. So, like, I'll. Uh, like sometimes I'll just have like a pad part, like a kind of like the chords, and then you know hear people embellish it. Same with like Shar's bass playing. Yeah, also like Conrad, who's the other guitar player in the band. Like we used to do a lot of co-writing together,
3: mm-hmm. so
1: he's definitely a lot of him is in there. Uh, yeah, we had a lot of help too, just in terms of like um, like we recorded with Braden Sauter at Marquee Sound, and you know he had a lot of great ideas about like arrangement and production. Um, my buddy Andrew Scott, he's like, you know, an older cat. He's played with like a bunch of really great Toronto bands, like, like bicycles. Like he came in and helped us with production a lot too. Cool. It's like, yeah, I kind of feel like, you know, the director of the movie or something. director. And then it's like, you get this cast that people come in and it's like, kind of completes the whole thing. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Like it couldn't, it couldn't happen without, without all those hands, hands on deck. Right.
1: Yeah, it would be very different if it was just like, you know, the bedroom production or something.
0: Right. Yeah, Yeah, something interesting that I read was, I believe it was for She's Gone. Um, You mentioned in an an interview that uh, you kind of wrote the melody in your head while riding your bike. Uh, Yeah,
1: so that's like a a really old song. And it's like kind of like funny that that was the first thing we ever put out because... It's not, doesn't really <laughs> sound like the, the band at all. <laughs> also, we don't perform that song. But yeah, I was yeah. like playing with this other group, uh, Kahuna, which has like some of our members in their car. I was biking back from rehearsal and like uh, I was like, singing that melody in my head. And <laughs> kind of, like, you know, whispered it into like a, a cell phone. Yeah. And, well that song actually is like pretty much completely a bedroom production so that's just like uh, I like recorded that at home and then got my friend Ken to play drums on it but yeah that's that
3: story
0: (laughs) yeah (laughs) so do you do you hear a lot of a lot of like your music in your head when like all of those layers and stuff or do you just kind of have like something simple simple that you start with I'm trying to like get, get an idea of what's going on in that, in that head of yours.
1: <laughs> uh, it's different every time, but I would say all the best vocal melodies have come like when I'm not with an instrument. Interesting. Like on a walk or something or in the shower, like, you know, because it's like then you're not kind of like just because then otherwise you're kind of just noodling and you're like, oh, that's cool. But like, I don't know, it feels like you're a bit more special when you're like picking them out of the air. Like, I was mm-hmm. thinking, actually, just earlier today about, in you know, that song, Eternity, and the chorus, like, Char, it was, like, years ago, and Char was, like, house-sitting for a friend, like, for Sailor. Mm-hmm. And, like, I went over to visit, like, by the beaches, we went on this nice walk to, like, to the beach, and, yeah, the, like, chorus melody of that happened, and that was, like, we are walking, I was telling you, like, oh, like, maybe we could do this for, like, the chorus of that song. I don't even know if you
3: played with us back then. I don't
1: think so. Yeah, but yeah. So that's part of it. A lot of it is just experimentation. Like after that, you know, just building the tracks up, um, right? With a little demo. Um,
0: yeah. So you uh, you mentioned that you got to work with uh, Braden Soder, Marquee Sound on this EP. What was it like working with Braden? Like, what did he what did he bring to the table that? maybe you hadn't considered it all that did he, was he like pretty hands on or hands off, let you do your thing?
1: Uh, he had a lot of great ideas. Like he would kind of like listen to the songs and then suggest like kind of changes in like instrumentation. Um, like he kind of pushed us to do like a bunch of acoustic guitar stuff, which like we never do. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's got this great studio with uh, like all these like kind of old, organs and stuff like we use this one instrument I think it's called the Lowry and it's like uh it's like that instrument on that who track where it's like the arpeggio. yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> I know it's
1: not called Teenage Wasteland that's on but that's the hook um anyways we had one of those bunch of cool synths and like Wurlitzer and stuff like this that like we didn't have access to so that's all right heard. A um, bunch of cool tape machines. So there's like a bunch of stuff we played. With. Cool. Um, yeah, he's great. And uh, yeah, like another thing, I guess like he's a drummer too. Really great drummer. Okay. And, like live, like we're like fantastic and kind of very maximal sounding mm-hmm. So He was great for like certain parts, like saying like, hey, dial that back. Like, like, right. Like, like vocal kind of shine more. Yeah. So he was really great. And then we got our butter. Our buddy <laughs> Asher to like mix the record and that kind of took it to another level too.
0: Right.
1: Um, he plays in this like group, Mr. Joy, which is like awesome, like soundscape, like psychedelic rock stuff. So he really informed the sound of the record too, just in terms of like running everything through phasers and like, yeah, you we know, get a really crunchy drum sound. You know, like cool. That Flaming Bloods 5 kind of stuff. So, right, yeah. right. How did you,
0: how did you get connected with these guys? Uh, well, Sharp plays with Brayden.
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brayden is the drummer in Luna Lee. Okay. Um, but I've also know, just known Brayden from like high school days. He was like the new beau of my friend and <laughs> 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 didn't find out till like later in life that we be. didn't know that we would be working together eventually. Right. But yeah, I've, I've known Brayden a long time. Okay. In, and all that.
1: And the studio is awesome. It's like in a...
2: Old
1: movie theater. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cool. Where's it's the studio? So cool.
2: In, in Yeah, like, East End, like northeast Donlands. Okay, York is the neighborhood, I should say, in Toronto.
1: Yeah. yeah. It's really close. It's really nice to be in there.
2: Yeah.
1: And Asher, sure we know from just, like, playing shows together with his band, Mr. Joy. Cool. Um,
0: this might be a bit difficult to answer. It usually is for uh, for people when I ask this, but what is your favorite track off the EP? Yeah. It's very- <laughs> I
3: don't
0: know. I mean, fi-
1: my favorite song to play live is still Eternity, mm-hmm. I think, oh. because, I mean, it's, it's so long and there's so many, like, it goes through so many kind of, like, emotions and like, moods. And then at the end, there's this, like, part where, like, we slow down and it's, like, Nick kind of directs it, but it's different every time, like, the way we snap back into, like, the last beat. Yeah. And so it's kind of, like, you can't, Really be on autopilot for that song, you have to really right. pay attention. So, yeah, it's always like if we get through that song, I always feel good about the rest of the set. So, that would be my pick.
3: Okay, you
2: have a pick? Um, I would say Fortunes. I feel like when we play it live, it's like that's the one that people really remember. Okay, but in on the record, I mean, not that views counts all that much, but it's like the underrated track. I feel, I feel right. like it's underrated based on the view count, or the okay. listen count, I should say, play count, that's what we call it, the yeah. play count. Um, I guess we it didn't was make the, a
3: video for it.
2: Yeah, I suppose, yeah. but I just, it just has such a spot, I think, in in my heart, because it was also the first uh, bass tune that I learned before I was the bassist. Okay. Uh, we we're roommates, and we, you, you just taught me the part, I think, one day, and I, I was yeah. really I learned bass for this band and to, to learn that line felt really cool Yeah. Um, and then the final product itself came together really well and people are still impressed by the, the live performance of it which I always feels really good
1: the really yeah. really really most yeah that's an older one like uh, that song has like a lot of memories attached to it because there's this section in like the chorus like the breakdown part where like the beat slows down and I remember I was working like in like a stock room like an American apparel. And like all my coworkers, they like play trap music all day. (laughs) And it's not something I really listened to back then, but like there's all this really cool rhythmic stuff that happens in that music where it's like the beat's really lazy. Mm -hmm. And so I had that riff and we were at rehearsal and I was like, oh, like what if like the beat just slows down for this one part? And like that kind of was like the missing puzzle piece. So yeah, that's the thing. It's like really nice to listen to the record now, after like almost a year it's been out, and we haven't been playing the songs as much because yeah. I can kind of like oh, it's like this nice time capsule
0: of like right. my life up till this point. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah, I think uh, I think for me, I I absolutely love Eternity. I just watched like all of the live videos I could find of you performing it, but I also really really like the title track. Everything you wanted, really enjoyed that too.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. That was like, uh, yeah. I don't know. We didn't, I don't know why I didn't feel like we to push that one. But I like that song too. <laughs> <laughs> that song, you know, it, it feels like, I feel like, um, like when we play it live, it like carries through a lot more. Okay. Maybe just like, I don't know. I like the recording too. But
0: yeah. I think wow.
1: live, like it's a lot looser, which is like maybe what we should have done with that song. Right. So, maybe
0: we'll re-record it at some point or release like a live version. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'd I'd love to see that one live for sure. Something, Lucas, that you said in another interview that really struck with me, especially with your music, is uh I might be paraphrasing here, but essentially the idea was that you said music should transport you. It should take you to like another world or another another place, which is something I like really agree with with music in general. But even more so with this Mother Tongues record like it just takes you to like outer space and like other planets and you know it's it's so transportable I don't know if that's the word I'm looking for but something I I Really, again, like I said, I haven't seen you play live, but watching the River and Sky Festival footage of, of you performing, it seems like that's really what you do for a live performance, too. You just take this audience on this journey with you. Yeah, it's it's just something that you said that I, I just like really struck with me. And I really think for, yeah, just like the type of music that you make, it's... Like that is so on on the ball. Um, how long have you been have you been performing live music? Like even outside of uh, Mother Tongues.
3: Um,
1: I mean, I guess like since I started playing music, like you know, like in school, like uh, just like Battle of the Bands and stuff like that. You okay, like, this taste. So um, not seriously until it's like in my 20s. and I okay. actually had like a, like a bit of a gap. Or was making any music at all. Yeah, I would say seriously for the last eight years, maybe. Yeah. And just on the note of like, yeah, like music being like, able to transport you. Yeah. Like that's kind of like what excites me the most. Yeah. You know, right? Song, and it's like you're either in the room with the people who made it. Like you can kind of imagine like these people or like, the life they were living or it kind of takes you to a completely different place like it's like not even part of reality yeah but, yeah like that's the magic of it you know it's just like frequency it's like vibrating yeah, in the yeah. air, it's like changing your brain chemistry it's like <laughs> i don't know i think we take it for granted but it's
0: something really special Definitely. Glad it did that for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, dude, it did, for sure. So I'm sure that's something, like like you said, you strive for, but what can audiences, maybe people that haven't been able to see you perform live yet, what can they expect from a Mother Tongue show?
1: Uh, well, we definitely like to kind of take over the environment, like set the stage. like um, Yeah, like when we start a show, we get them to turn off all the lights, and it's kind of just like this nice reset You know, yeah. It's like kind of like moment for the audience to kind of recalibrate, let them know that like something's gonna happen. Definitely, yeah. A a little like pre-show ritual where like (laughs) like you can see it in the river in Sky video. There's like this uh this bottle of
2: like a vial of like like really spicy oil.
1: Yeah, (laughs) like a menthol like rub that we call like the snake oil. (laughs) We <laughs> like we like, uh, we like kind of apply it to the back of our necks before every show, and it's like kind it of heats up as like we st- we start to play. Okay, it's, just, it's like a kind of ritualistic thing we do because like it kind of puts you all in the same head space. Yeah, so yeah, we like to put on a performance. We've got like our, our light show. We've got like these lasers that actually came from like. Jart and I had this really awesome experience. So I work at this guitar shop. Um, Paul's boutique. And the first month I started working there, I was closing up the shop, and like this older dude comes in, and I've told this story before, but I'll tell it again. He's like, uh, he's like, "Oh, can I like try out this amp?" And I was like closing up, so I kind of wanted to get him out of there. He's really nice, so I set this like uh, stack up for him, and he's like, "Oh, I can never, I can never find these in California." And I was like, "Oh, cool! Like, uh, like what? What are you doing in Toronto?" Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm playing a show. And I was like, oh, cool, cool. Like, where are you playing? And he's like, the Air Canada Center, which is like our, biggest, you know, <laughs> venue. And then I'm like, cool, like, who are you playing with? And he, like, points to the wall where we have, like, this Pink Floyd record up. And he, like, points to, like, Roger Waters. So he's like. No way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this guy, Jonathan Wilson. Uh, he's, like, this great musician, record producer. He plays guitar and, And he's David Gilmore in the Roger Waters show. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, he, like, shows me all this cool stuff with, like, this whole trainer amplifier. And then at the end, he's like, you should come to the show. I was like, okay, like, (laughs) I'll try to get tickets. And No, I'll put you on guest list. No uh, way. So, like, I surprised Char and, like, we got backstage passes to, like, (laughs) see Pink Floyd, which is, like, you know, like, a huge influence on me uh, sure yeah kind of like, uh,
3: it's
1: like char's dad's favorite band yeah <laughs> um but yeah so that like was it was well. crazy there's like and our buddy was like oh wait till you see the, well, the, the pyramid. pyramid
2: and, and like, like
1: we're watching the show there's no, no pyramid kind of there. <laughs> there we're like oh you know like there's no we don't get where were they going to
2: put a pyramid was my question where in the space were they going to install like where was this installation
1: right at the climax I mean, of the show, it's like these four lasers pop up and they fucking create this laser prism. It was this, this crazy pyramid. laser show. Oh my God.
2: I mean, yeah. There it was in like seemingly <laughs> dimensional form. I mean, it was, but all these lasers just like shot out of nowhere. There was the pyramid. And we're like, mean, we gotta get lasers.
1: Yeah, we're getting lasers. I was like, everyone's
2: about projections. We're gonna do lasers.
0: And yeah. Oh, that's I mean, so cool. We're gonna
1: get that at our show, but... On a scaled down version. There's like
2: a non cell laser yeah. show that could yeah.
0: happen. Right, right, for sure. But at least like you're you're yeah. thinking about this stuff. So when production gets bigger, you're gonna get a pyramid. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Or something yeah, like yeah. that.
1: Like, there's so many some bands can get away with it where like they just show up and like they just like, you know, look great. They're just cool um, like, you know, they get on stage and they look
3: cool, they play cool, they yeah. sound great. But
1: I don't know. I think like we we like to like transform the environment a
0: little bit more. For sure, and yeah. again, that goes that goes with the sense of like transporting the crowd, right? The lasers do that.
3: <laughs> yeah, yep. yeah, they do. <laughs> but
0: really cool. Okay, cool. Uh, so now, uh, just want to know a bit of uh, history about the band. How did uh, well, how did you and Char meet? Um,
1: we met well the first time we ever met was actually, across the street from where we are right now, there was this garage. What is it called? Buzz Garage. Yeah, Buzz Garage, actually. That garage. It was, wow. of
3: Buzz. And that was probably like 10
1: years ago or something. Yeah. yeah they used to throw shows there. Uh, so, yeah, I was with my cousin. And I remember my cousin had like this little bottle of Jack Daniels Buzz. on a necklace. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like Shar and our friend Salem were there. We met. And we were all drinking this little bottle.
2: I don't remember a lot of the night. I'm yeah. gonna be honest. <laughs> but I, re- yeah, pretty sure that that was the first time we were in the same room together. Cool. And then just through mutual friends, we kept bumping into each other at shows and yeah. parties, and
1: and then it was like a couple years later that like we reconnected. I think it was at like Nailed show like Meili Todd, who's like a great friend of Shar's and mine. And you know, great musician. Um, but yeah, Shar was looking for a place to move out to and I had an opening in my apartment. This room.
2: Yeah. Oh wow.
1: Right now, which it's is now a, a studio. A studio. Now. Okay.
2: <laughs> I've been here for three years. Yeah.
0: That That's would cool.
2: Be- and bandmates in, in this space. Yeah. And
0: have uh Shar, have you been part of Mother Tongues since the beginning? no no no. okay so give me a timeline like how uh how long ago was this first meeting at the buzz garage
2: oh man 2012 or something okay yeah nearly 10 years uh still very i wasn't really i wasn't playing music i didn't play music till maybe three or four years ago okay no i yeah like i've been playing music my whole life but performance wise uh i was i was Mostly in the dance scene, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, I was a backup dancer for the mentioned Maylee Todd. And so I was like in the arts and music community, but not actually doing what I'm doing now. Um, So yeah, over time, from 2012 to when I moved in, 2016, you slowly learned that, you know, I play music, I play some instruments, and then we started jamming a little bit. Mm -hmm. And then I, I came in for a rehearsal, a Mother Tongues rehearsal, just to see what I could do and cool. it, I could yeah. play
3: keys first.
2: Oh I could play keys first, I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, yeah yeah. Oh. for us first. And
1: then it was actually so like uh we throw this festival called Holofest in my like, first that, okay. um, the year. And our bass player could play that show. And, oh like, yeah I think Shard learned all the songs in like a week or something or less than a week and filled in for him. Huh. And then, she kind of
0: just stole his spot. <laughs> Shar, <laughs> Why, why did it take so long for you to start? Like, if you you've just been doing this for the last four years, why did it take so long?
2: Uh, a lot of reasons, like a lot of insecurities with my musicianship and playing and really self-critical about it. I'm a perfectionist type personality. So if it's not ready, if it's not perfect to perform, then why bother? Gotcha. Um, but then I got to like loosen up a little bit and learned that it's that stuff's not important. And mm-hmm. it was just fun generally to do and to be in an environment in a community where no one's judging you for that kind of stuff. Also, I had gained a lot of confidence from the dancing stuff. Right. I realized right. that a lot of people are actually more self conscious about dancing in public than, than playing an instrument. And I went, well, I nailed the dancing part. I feel like I can do <laughs> this stuff. Um, right on. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it took its time, but. Yeah, Finally made it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> How long did it take for the band to develop its sound? Like, if we're looking at like the, let's say, the OG Mother Tongues rehearsals to what you sound like today, was there a big transformation over the years, or was it kind of always there?
1: Uh, it was really different when it started, for sure. Like, there's a whole other set of songs actually that like happened before this kind the set that became the record and it was like some of it was like really like kind of like Bowie-esque, like glam, oh, cool. like more psych pop. Um, there's some good ideas in there for sure, but like it just didn't really make sense with like the, like the newer stuff. So mm-hmm. maybe one day that stuff will get released. Right. But in terms of like the set of songs now, like that probably happened before you joined the band, um, like, half of the songs. And then Mm -hmm. they kind of evolved along the way and some new material kind of made its way in. And, yeah, the new stuff is, like, kind of different we're working on, you know, same elements. Even more different,
0: like, like, the newer stuff that's, like, not unreleased?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be a bit more refined. Like, with the record, I feel like at certain moments you can be, like, you can really see the influences. Right. Like, like, oh, that's like, I don't know, like stereo happy, like that's like broadcast or right. you know, the flaming lips or like whatever. Um, so I feel like personally, I'm trying to push it into like a, a zone where it's like more something. Okay. And it's probably still gonna sound like a bunch of other people, but you
0: know, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I find like most most things sound like something, right? <laughs> like, there's so much music yeah. out there now
1: yeah it's how people listen to it's like you try and find reference points
0: like definitely yeah
1: completely it's own thing it's kind of like you don't even know how to make right.
3: sense of
0: sometimes right right and like i mean you know inspiration comes from so many different things so it just makes sense that another song or a piece of artwork or a movie or whatever it is a walk could like inspire a sound right so it's uh yeah yeah i get that
1: and you're like this filter for it, you know. It's always going to come out different, even if like you're imitating someone, it's going to filter through your sensibility. And your taste yeah. It same something. Right.
0: Where does the name Mother Tongues come from? Why that name?
1: <laughs> I'm so bad at answering this question. <laughs> You'd um, be
0: surprised how many bands just don't have a good reason, and they're just like it sounded good or whatever it is. So. Well,
3: that's. I mean.
1: Yeah, I think it, like, resonates with me because, like, you know, I I have, like, I speak English, but I also speak Cantonese. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I have, like just, like, my family history and, like, the lineage of, like, my family is something that I've always been, like, really fascinated in, um, like, on my father's side, from Hong Kong, and it's, like, a really interesting history, like, my grandmother is. Like, film producer oh cool um, yeah and on my mother's side i'm actually like five generations canadian like okay uh, like my great 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 grandfather worked on the like canadian Pacific railway like, he was a railway worker mm-hmm. and so like i spent a lot of time actually when i was younger with my dad doing like art projects like, related to that so i don't know the name kind of conjures up like the idea of like family history to me and I just like that what, you know, like, oh, like you come from this long line of, like, people, um, like, like, what are you doing next? But right. also, just on, like, an aesthetic level, like, I really like how the name's kind of wholesome, like, maternal, but kind of, like, freaky, too. Yeah. It's, yeah. like, you kind know, of, like, yeah, it's kind of just, like,
0: gross.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't get any thoughts of the name. no.
0: that that was a great answer i honestly when i was doing my research and i i had a feeling it had to do with something with like yeah just like either like just just be it like a language thing you know i i'm a i'm an immigrant to canada too my mother tongue is english but uh, i speak german as well so like it, it definitely like resonated with me just like you know people of different cultures being in a band and everyone having their own mother tongue, mother language or whatever it is. So cool. That's honestly a, a much better answer than I've received from some people that just say it sounded cool. Not calling anyone out, but... Um, <laughs> do you remember the first show you performed under Mother Tongues?
1: I... Uh, yeah. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Where? Well, it would have been... Because I had the name for a while before we even started playing shows and it was for Ken's birthday. Actually, and am like... Uh, it would have been like, 2012, 2013, okay. like, but it was a completely different band. It's, like, right. it was the songs were totally different, but I've been using that name for a long time. Cool. So. Where was the show? It was, uh. so, our my friend Ken, who eventually became our drummer, he's, like, an excellent drummer, excellent artist. Uh, It was, like, his birthday, and it's, like, a backyard show. And, you know, cool. After, that's where it started
0: <laughs> so you're you're known as being a, well you have been very busy for the last five years performing all over Toronto getting to tour uh what is your favorite venue to play in Toronto can I tell
1: actually you know what I don't know if it's so much the like venue like the space but like it's always more so like the people that we get to play with like we love it whenever we get to work with this guy Brian Renton I knew you
2: were gonna say that yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. It's just
1: like the sound person, you know. Like no one ever talks about the sound person, but for sure, um, yeah, it's like a huge deal. It's like you know, like whenever we see this guy, it's just like you know, the show's going to sound great. You know, it's going to be like smooth and such a relief. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like a good friend of ours now at this point. And we like do this festival, hall Festival. He does like the whole festival, um, and just working with certain promoters too. Like we're we're really lucky. We got like. Super cool crew in Toronto. We like, got Dan Burke, who's like, you know, always been supportive of us for like the last decade, and Denim and Juliana from mm-hmm. like Transmit.
2: It's almost like it falls on sort of like the reputation of the people involved because they draw a particular crowd as well. Oh, is it being put on by these people? Then it's bound to be good. Oh, Brian's That's doing like a reputable sound person and like a well sought after sound person in the scene. Oh, he's doing sound tonight. He's gonna kill it. It's gonna sound good, regardless of what the band, band sounds like. He's gonna make it sound good,
0: right? Yeah. So,
2: so there are a few spots where it sounds. So, if we have to name some spots. It'd be like Baby G, the Monarch Tavern, Garrison, Garrison, the Horseshoe, just yeah. your classics. But again, classic
0: yeah. Toronto spots.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Cool. It's yeah. like um, a community. Yeah. Do you remember like your? best show ever that, that you performed that where you were like either it was like the biggest could have been the biggest crowd or just like best vibe or one that you I were super stoked on
1: Uh, yeah I guess you yeah, have the hall of best, um, stage it's pretty special just because that's like our community it's like all your best friends and cool just like a different kind of headspace because everyone's there like for music
0: right right
1: from like the city. And you're just like immersed in this like different
3: universe for like a weekend. Yeah, and
1: you're
2: literally like performing on the stage that was built by your friends. That's on a, so cool! On a grounds, on a campground that was taken care of by, by people who care about care about the space.
0: Right, yeah. right. Where uh, does that festival take place? Does it move every year, or uh, it's on the same
1: in the same place in Perth, Ontario perth mm-hmm. ontario okay that's some like really great bands yeah. near
2: kingston there. like mm-hmm. on the way to montreal kind of but you yeah like, yeah cool
1: i would also add though that like one of my favorite shows was like pretty recently was that like when we took over this high school or like you know high school but this school mm-hmm. on board for like our pop montreal like live stream okay it's like yeah just like what we were talking about earlier like it was, like, there's so much uncertainty about, like, when we would get to play again, so it's like, really savoring it, you know? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. for sure. Uh, It was just, like, a really cool experience, because, like, um, right before we played, we hadn't really promoted it, because it was, you know, during the pandemic, so we didn't want people to come out, but right before we went on, I, like, made, like, a little post, and I was, like, hey, we're going to play at this school, it's outside, if, like, people want on social distance, and watch, like, it's going to happen. Yeah. Quite a few people turned up actually. Cool. Uh, And some people just uh, actually stumbled uh, onto the show just from hearing it. because It was outside. Right. um, Yeah. It just felt really good.
0: Yeah, Yeah, for sure. sure. So with you, uh, with the band being a Toronto band, I'd, uh, I'd like to know like what your favorite part of Toronto is, uh, like area.
2: I would say, well, the market is a huge neighborhood that is close to both of us because it's mm-hmm. where area, yeah. where we live, where we live together, where I work. I work at a coffee shop bar. Okay. That's mm-hmm. where. where Lucas works at Paul's Boutique. And our jam space is under in the basement of Paul's Boutique. And it's just such a hub. You know, like I feel like when I lived here, no one or everyone rather came to the market. You want to you hang out, you go to the market. Mm-hmm. I already live there. No hassle for me. It's such a vibrant and cultureful and colorful neighborhood that's mm-hmm. a spot for sure and there used to be a, it used to house like a lot of really cool
0: venues yeah you know, yeah for it, sure it used, it, like, used to that's yeah. so sad <laughs> yeah. What, <laughs> yeah. what's the vibe like in in, uh, in Kensington right now like I haven't been up there since the pandemic started and I know yeah. it's like just such like an outdoor you know foot traffic heavy foot traffic area is it kind of yeah. like a ghost town right now
1: It's kind of still busy, which is, like, a little concerning. Yeah. (laughs) But it's different. It's definitely evolved in the last even five years. Like, it's a lot more kind of, like, touristy. Touristy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think it used to be, like, very community-based. But, like, with a couple, like, certain bars opening, it's, like, drawing in a different crowd.
2: Condos that are being built, too, like, on Mm -hmm. college and anywhere nearby. It's just, yeah, drawing a different crowd. Mm. We're trying to keep it real.
1: There's still some like regal spots like Pam and I, like Paul's Boutique, Ronnie's. Yeah, Yeah,
0: for sure. Yeah, yeah. Some spots won't go.
1: My other favorite spot would actually be pretty close by the U of T campus. Okay. So different from the rest of the city. Yeah. It's actually been keeping me sane through this whole pandemic because I'll go through for a walk. to like the campus. Okay yeah it feels like you're i don't know at hogwarts or something
0: yeah for sure it's definitely <laughs> yeah. got like a very different vibe to the rest of the city <laughs>
1: yeah. and when i was mixing the record or we were mixing the record i'd go for a lot of walks at night it it's like totally deserted and it's just like you're walking through the, these old castles you know like yeah you're, you're listening to this music but, but, yeah i don't know it's part of my toronto landscape for sure
0: Cool, cool. What about a uh, favorite bar in Toronto?
2: <laughs> Besides the bar that I work at, yeah, uh, I'm not sure. I haven't, I haven't thought about bar life in a while. Yeah. Paminar, yeah. uh,
3: for sure. It's like a,
2: a
1: you know community hub. I've met lots of like great people there. The owner is like a real you know awesome good person.
2: Mm-hmm. You know? really cool. generous, yeah. Really generous. Great cook. Just really overall great human being.
0: Yeah. Cool. All right, we're coming to like the last few questions here. Could be a little bit of a speed round, I suppose. What was the uh, last show you saw before the pandemic?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Last artist or band you saw play live?
1: Either. I mean, it was probably shows we played. So it was mm-hmm. either like, like the Mattson Two. Yeah, because you still oh, watch the show. So. Yeah, like the Mattson Two, which okay. is like these awesome like twin brothers. They have this great record with uh, Toro Yimoy. Um, so we got to open for them. And it was like mind blowing like these, and, Cool. Yeah. Um, also like maybe the Valentine's show. Like we oh, played this yeah. like Valentine's cover show where we did a whole set of like My Bloody
2: Valentine
1: songs. So we cool. got to
2: see Abba and yeah. George Michael and uh, it who else Bee, Gees? Was being Bee Gees. Yeah, yeah. It was, that
1: was so was yeah, it, that was part of that Deaf TO series where the Dan Burks shows where it's like Toronto bands covering you know cool. dance yeah. So and that was that Lee's Palette. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of funny. Like that was like yeah, we got to play to like this like packed, you venue. Mm-hmm. Everything right. shut down
0: yeah. so, you know. <laughs> like the last hurrah <laughs> yeah
3: um,
0: Probably not the last yeah 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 last uh, last you got to do anyway what artist or band has been helping you get through the pandemic the most
1: I've been listening to like a lot of French music like okay air. but that's like not particularly because of the pandemic I just like have been into that stuff for a while so
3: like air. Uh, like Charlie gates bird
2: oh yeah we, uh, there was a bjork phase revisiting yeah, bjork, i just got into bjork okay. Okay. yeah honestly nothing new no no new material on my end just re-listening to a lot of stuff that Maybe I do that to take me back to a time that was not now.
0: Definitely, yeah, 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 for sure. That that's more like what the question, what the question is. Yeah, like just like creature comfort or whatever you call that. But like just like anything that's like just been taking you back to what life was like before, good times, good memories.
2: Yeah, so yeah, a lot of work. I'm just thinking about like my CD stack on top of my fridge, and that's definitely up there. And then I, I think there's a Beyonce CD in there somewhere. <laughs>
3: I'm listening to our
1: friends a lot just cause, you know, like I miss them yeah. um, and I've made, and it's weird actually, like I've made some new friends like through the pandemic that I've never met just through putting up this record
3: with mm-hmm.
1: um, other musicians like reaching out. So um, like one artist, Zune, like, uh, like I met this indigenous, like she artist who's fucking awesome.
3: Like, cool. Sorry, great.
1: what's her, what's her name? Uh, Zune, his name, Zune. yeah.
3: Z-O-O-N. Yeah. Um,
1: okay. And Loren, like this country artist, I mean, okay. to we did like a trade and sent her a hoodie. She sent me her record. So, okay, and, <laughs> you know, her friends like in Cali, so they listen to their stuff.
3: Mm-hmm. And, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, hot Art. Cool. Yeah, how how do you go about finding new music? I think the best stuff that I come across is
1: still just like friends, like okay. suggesting it. You know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like, is that they kind of know your taste and they know if you like something. Uh, yeah. Like I got Shard to make me a York playlist because I know she knows like that whole kind of scene about <laughs> her whole like discography really well. So she made me like the best of. And okay. I've been doing that with people recently, just like trading playlists. Trading so, playlists? Cool. Uh, I hear about a lot of music from, at my work at Paul's Boutique, like from just my coworkers. Um, they're like a bit older and like they know everything,
3: yeah. They, right. they all work at the record stores and
0: stuff, so right, right. Oh, that's handy for sure. What is the uh, the latest and greatest find that you that like something new to you? So, I guess it could be Bjork for you. Um, I'm late on this,
1: but like Portish Head, I've never listened to Portish Head. Oh, okay. I was like, there's just so many parallels of like what I love about music, and that's yeah, like, uh, particularly this record third. So, like, our yes. current keyboard player, bash uh, we went for a hike recently on the track, actually put on that record, and it's, like, at night, and we're driving through the highway. Yeah. like, really, like, David Lynch vibes, you know? For it was, sure. David Lynch's birthday today, by the way. Oh, cool. Birthday. Happy birthday, David.
3: <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, so, that record was, like, really
0: mind-blowing. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Sweet. All right. And then, yeah, Sharp. Is, um, there, is anyone new I'm that comes really to
2: mind right now? I'm blanking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Don't like, no
2: worry. to a lot of old, older stuff for me. I mean.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's fine. Okay, cool. Last question is, uh, who do you think I should have on the podcast next?
1: Oh, so many. Can I give you a bunch of people? <laughs> you, can give
0: you, you can give me a bunch of people. Yeah. I'm going to write it down as you give it to me. I'm
1: going to, yeah, I feel, I'm going to feel bad after. Cause like, I'm not listening. To everyone. Someone. But like awesome, hot garbage. Kaleidoscope horse or Cali horse? Sorry, um, Bart. Pretty much the whole Hollow Fest, like a lot. <laughs> like, so much good music in Toronto? Cool. And, you know, Melee Todd. Like, I don't know. Like, um, yeah, it's just like mind blowing how much good stuff there is in Toronto. And, like, there is, yeah. Uh, it's like overwhelming. Like, I could just listen to Toronto artists for the rest yeah. of my life and I'd be content.
0: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. It's. I think it's also like so important for the world to know that we do so much more than the weekend and Drake. Yeah, yeah. Like that was uh, that was a big thing. Uh, so, uh, I guess like pre-pandemic, I I had started uh, this thing called Sideways with some uh, buddies of mine, and that was uh, it was basically like a live performance, like NPR Tiny Desk kind of thing, but just based in Toronto. And that was our biggest mandate was just like wanting to show the world that we're more than just. Drake and The Weeknd. Like, we have so much good music to offer. I mean, even historically, you know, there's so much
3: stuff
1: to come out of Toronto, right? Absolutely. I don't know, Rush. (laughs) The band.
0: (laughs) So much. Yeah,
1: Yeah, great music city, despite... I mean, we get a little bit of support from the government, for sure, but, you know, it's like, I feel like it's really community-based. Yeah. It keeps it alive and, like, You know, folks like you doing stuff like this out of their own time. It's like people really care about it. So for sure. Yeah, it's uh, we're lucky to be in the city
0: for sure. Cool. Um, And then last question, uh, what is next for Mother Tongues? What can we expect in 2021? I know it's Uh, probably kind of hard to say because we're in a pandemic, but... We were,
1: you know, wishing. We were making wishes and, like, projecting the best-case scenario definitely, like, releasing new music that we're currently working on and playing festivals,
3: touring.
2: Yeah. just like everyone feels the same way about it. Nothing unique, really, but I Mm -hmm. guess what's unique to us is maybe writing and not taking as long a time to release it. I think that was a major criticism about the record that just took too long so hopefully just speed up the pace of i mean i have more more time so there's really no excuse that's my personal goal i guess we should have more <laughs> more
3: no, I agree. yeah, I agree. yeah. More.
2: just push it a little harder especially if i have the time I mean,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. cool, cool. Yeah. great guys thank you so much for uh taking the time to chat with me today thank, thank you. you thank yeah, you yeah this fun. Was nice. thank yeah. You. yeah yeah good uh good length um i'm like so excited about the new EP. You should be so proud of it. It's absolutely beautiful. I really hope that things calm down, and I get to see you play live soon this year. You this do. year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, i
1: sure you know, we'll figure out something. Like if, even if it's like another, Find another a
2: show.
1: So yeah. We'll yeah.
2: Invite you. Love you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> cool. Awesome, guys! Thank you so much.
3: Yeah. Okay. Thank Have you. a Have great you day. day. Yeah. Take care.
0: Cheers.